Now entering Nerdist.com. It's the Nerdist Writers Panel on the Nerdist Podcast Channel. Ben Blacker talking writing with writers. Writers talking writing can get pretty exciting. But talk can be enlightening. It's very rarely frightening. Ben Blacker talking writing with writers. Welcome to the Nerdist Writers Panel Series, an informal chat about writing and the business and process of writing. Each and every panel benefits 826LA, the national nonprofit tutoring program. For more information on 826LA, visit 826LA.org. I'm your moderator, Ben Blacker. Follow me on Twitter, at Ben Blacker. I'm the co-creator of the Thrilling Adventure Hour stage program and the style of old-time radio, available as a podcast on iTunes and via Nerdist.com. Uh, I've written for the series Super Ninjas and Supernatural. I'm just going to bring all these guys out at once, and then they can introduce themselves to you. So please give a uh, large and extended round of applause for the creators and the writers and some of the stars of Children's Hospital and NTSF. Thank you all for being here. This is so exciting. Uh, I'm, I'm a tremendous fan of your shows. Um, so this is very special for all of us. Thank you. Um, let's just go down the line here. Tell us who you are and um, uh, how, what in, how you are involved with one show or the other or both. Rob. Uh, I'm, my name is Rob Cordry. I um, uh, executive produce Children's Hospital with a couple of these guys. Uh, is- <laughs> yeah, you can, you can applaud for that. I'm Paul Shear, and I executive produce uh, NTSF uh, with these guys, and I've written some episodes of Children's Hospital and uh, have been on some episodes of Children's. And I created the show Heart to Heart. Uh, so that was, that's how I kind of got my start. Everyone at this panel is a writer on these shows, so that goes without saying. I'm an executive producer. My name's John Stern. I'm an executive producer of both... That was, the fun, that was the funniest thing of the night, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so far. Oh, yeah. Uh, not the heart both, to heart, though. It's probably not. Executive producer for both Children's Hospital and NTSF. And when they met, it was murder. <laughs> heart to heart. Anybody here? Thank you. That was actually really well done. I, I always you. like, yeah. I like when the fans get involved with the, you know, the, the concept. You know, Robert Wagner is a great guy, and if whether or not he's guilty or not, I don't care. Uh, you know, he never came to set late, and he always did his job well. Uh, hi, I'm uh, Curtis Quinn. I'm an executive producer, writer, and uh, occasional actor on NTSF. And I was in an episode of Children's Hospital, but I was cut out. <laughs> I was edited no, you out weren't, were episode. Yeah, really? as a Chustafarian. Well, also, you were the first, uh, I mean, not of these shows, but the first live-action show in Adult Swim as well. Well, right? I don't know. Maybe there was another one. I think maybe Tim and Eric beat us. But uh, well, we'll, we'll let's get not to... talk about that show. It was canceled. It was a terrible failure. Let's, let's skip over that. <laughs> Fat, Fat Man stuck in the internet. <laughs> we'll talk about that show because it was is a very interesting show. David. <laughs> Space Ghost was at least partially live action. <laughs> the Space Ghost part. I'm David Wayne, executive producer and director and writer and occasional guest star of Children's Hospital. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> he has that effect. He's magical in that sense. To the people listening to this, there was a big lighting cue. <laughs> and also, the, also the people listening to this, stop beating off. And, and John, 
And in, and in deference to John Stern, I, I want to apologize for wasting everyone's time mentioning writer in that list when all of us are writers, as you did mention already. <laughs> Much more efficient use of your time. Heart to heart, seven seasons. Never, <laughs> never when we did panels did we he have He murdered it. her! H2H was a tough show, because the old guy... Uh, yeah. Hey, Paul, was that opening film on the Pacific Coast Highway the, when they're driving? Was that where it was from? It was indeed. Nice. It was indeed. That was going to be my only question. Too. <laughs> Thanks, Curtis. <laughs> Sorry. Hello, I'm Ken Marino, and I write for Children's Hospital, I'm, uh, and I'm on it. And I was never invited to NTSF <laughs> to do anything. And he's a producer. Where's my fucking light change? <laughs> I'm... Oh. <laughs> I'm Erica Oyama, and I'm a writer on Children's Hospital. I was invited to be a guest star, and then it was canceled <laughs> within a couple of hours. <laughs> She's the only lady on the panel. Clap. <laughs> I'm Rob Hebel. I'm on Children's Hospital, and I write on that show sometimes, and sometimes I write on NTSF, and it would make me feel good if you would clap the loudest for me. <laughs> Louder. More. More. And just for now, the, po- the content. <laughs> Let's again go down the line here um, and talk about Rob uh, Cordry. W- <laughs> well, now that we do it the right way, we're going to do it really good the second half. <laughs> yeah. Really, now get out. This one's for the recording. Less tentative. Um, tell us about just briefly the things that brought you to uh, the things leading up to the, your current series, uh, Children's Hospital. What were you working on? We know you, of course, from The Daily Show, from Sketch. Um, how did those things inform going, uh, creating the show? Uh, or did they not at all? Well, no, yeah, they definitely did. I mean, I, I guess being on The Daily Show, I was uh, always, you know, as a comedic actor, people also expect you to be a comedic writer, especially if you come from improv. <laughs> And I was always kind of terrified of that, and um, and uh, you know had no no um, basis in it whatsoever. And then uh, I uh, there was the writer strike during the writer strike that I had the idea and had the time to sort of write it um, rather than walk on those picket lines. And um, <laughs> know your audience. Uh, and uh, and then the. And then, go ahead. Well, <laughs> you were going to save me? Oh, yeah, I'll come in. Uh, and, and this is a question I actually have for all, all of you guys who are writer-performers. You know, I think as far as the audience knows you, we, we knew you as performers first. Had you been writing all along? What's your background as a writer? Yeah, we all, um, came, a lot of us came from the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater and, you know, doing long-form improv, but there's also a lot of sketch there and, and writing classes, and we all sort of... Yeah, learn the basics there, but you know, I would love to go back and either watch or read some of our earlier sketches because I feel I really feel like I've only learned how to write like this last season. Yeah. You know, no, I think that happens <laughs> for to real. a lot of us. Like, yeah. what what was the content of those early sketches? And again, well, I, and I a lot remember, of rape jokes, we were, right? Well, we were in a class. Rob and I were in a class together, a sketch writing class Ugh. together, and it was just you know. 
we were trying to get up new sketches every week, and we'd get be berated on yeah. a weekly basis, yeah. rightly so. Yeah. Uh, you know, but you were in a very popular sketch group called Naked Babies, right? And uh, Where you were writing material. Right? Yes, it was written. It was not improvised. This was at, right. That's uh, right. UCB in New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> light change. <laughs> Why does he always get a light change? <laughs> and like Hubel and I were, we were in a sketch group there as well, and we would just, you know. Uh, Matt Besser ran a very, like, the only writing class at UCB. And it was very much influenced by, like, the style of improv that they teach, which is, like, you know, uh, find a game, heighten, and get out. You know, and so I think in the beginning, that was my introduction into how to write, like, through improv. Like, oh, that was a good improvised scene, let's write it. And I think since then, I've learned that there are many ways to kind of go off and, and do something else. I mean, in Human Giant, I think that really changed when we worked on that Yeah, show. that was like, going to be my question. Did you guys come into, and Rob, I asked this of you also, did you guys come into Human Giant with, that's the way to write these sketches, and then what did you learn in that process? I mean, I, I think we started writing them just as, like, these little shorts, and I don't think we were thinking of them, like, as sketches. I mean, I don't... I mean, did you think of, like, Shutterbugs and Illusionary yeah, Sketches? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think we were, we, at the beginning, uh, we were more interested, I think, in just making funny videos, and, um, and, and, and that is writing sketches, really, and, and I think you quickly figure out, as I'm sure a lot of you guys do also, that, like, I, I feel like writing sketch is the hardest thing there is. Like, I, I like writing movies and stuff, or, or on our show, because it's like, oh, I got pages to go before I have to wrap this up, you know? Yeah. On a sketch, it's like, fuck, I'm on yeah. page two, I gotta end this, you know? It's well, really yeah. hard. But I think, like, what, what we tried to do, at least, I hope, on Human Giant was, we really kind of veered away from, like, that kind of stage version of sketch, which I think is very different than, like, filmed <clears throat> sketch. We would kind of make these pieces that had beginning, middle, and end, so at least you felt like there was some completion to them rather than just like joke, you know, like just a game that you're just kind of beating. Yeah, and I'm just going to go ahead and address the elephant in the room. I mean, you know, there are a lot of fans of Human Giant here, but, you know, there's another sketch group on MTV called The State, and what happened to those guys? Yeah, I'll say, hey, uh, hey, everybody, Curtis Quinn here. How's it going? Hey, how's it going? Uh, I'll say, you know, that The State actually was the, the my favorite. When I was, in co- I was in college when The State was on Don't MTV. say this. Don't and, um You don't, don't want to do this. Don't do it. They were uh, really important to oh, me. No. I really uh, loved the show. Absolutely, not go there. Yeah, lighting change. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I mean, I do want to. You know, for people who are listening, I do want to plug one thing. It's an important thing. Uh, MTV just released a video game called U Star, where you can now star in Human Giant and State Sketches. Uh, which you, we just, yeah, this is green, totally real. You green screen yourself into like. Sketches. No. It's the of worst the state in human ever. giant. It's it's the craziest thing because the video game is like sixteen and pregnant, Jersey Shore, Robin Big, and then like human giant and the state are also on this DVD. So uh, yeah, so look, you can get a you can get a taste of what it was like to be uh, and, in and these I'm, seminal MTV sketches. It's, it's like karaoke, right? Yeah, it's like video karaoke. But wow. but but to Curtis's point, uh, I wish they had it when we were doing this show. I would have known my lines better. <laughs> but to Curtis's Thanks, point, Regis. <laughs> I would have known my lines better. <laughs> Um, you know, yeah. I also I also wrote I wrote for Human Giant. Yeah, Curtis and, wrote on uh, show. In the room, you used to have this this poster of the state that said "fuck these guys" yeah. and yeah. "don't write like these guys." Yeah. But I insisted on <laughs> writing like those guys, and yeah. uh, none of those sketches made the show. Well, well, I, I tried. My, to, my I tried question to... is, where is that typewriter that you used to spell out the state? Like, because you guys used to make all your state <laughs> sketches with the little typefaces, right? 
We have it in the... Oh, man, we are zinging those guys. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah, those guys. Wait, it's probably, it's probably with about how old we are? Like, we did it before there was computers? Because <laughs> <laughs> we still have the projector that Rob Aziz and I ran around with to show our sketches on the side of buildings. From no one even knows what that means. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, no, we were we were uh, you know huge fans of the state. Obviously, I I, w- I I wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for these guys. Yeah, no, uh, but no, we were we were huge fans of theirs, and uh, we we joke about our rivalry. We don't I want to I want to follow up though on what Curtis was saying because Curtis, for you as a writer on yep. Human Giant, what was the difference between the sketches that you guys were doing and what the state? And I'm sorry if sketches derogatory. I think you should talk about like what Paul was saying. And this is going to sound really pretentious. I'm really going to hate having been recorded saying this, but um, I think it's the same difference as sort of single-camera sitcom to uh, three-camera sitcom. There's that style of sketch and Mr. Show and the state and things where they're kind of doing that where it was on sets and, and, and filmed in sort of that way. And the Human Giant stuff along with television at the same time switched over to feeling a little bit more, having that distance, having a little bit more that it's a little reality, a single-camera feel to it. And I think that... Otherwise, the comedy is really the math of the comedy is the same. I'll just say for the record, the state was two thirds single camera on location and one third uh, in front of an audience. So the state was remember, like the, I the only state. Remember, <laughs> I only remember the according to Jim style episodes. <laughs> I, you know what I gotta do? I gotta watch some. Uh, you gotta dip your balls in it. ATJ was it. Talk. Hey, light change. And now you can dip your balls in it on U Star. Go out and get the video game. Put ATJ. I have to say, ATJ is an underrated show, and a lot of us worked hard on that one. <laughs> According to Jim. ATJ. According to Jim. Uh, John Stern, before we, before we move along, uh, tell us about your background as a writer and as a producer, because you've been involved with, at least with, I, I saw credits on Wayne Days, which was David's uh, web series. And right, uh, you know, these people were doing improv, and during that same period of my life, I was, I was working and actually <laughs> making a living uh, as a, an indie film producer in New York. Um, and that, Making a living in quotes. Yes. Um, and it became very clear that I could make more money producing web shows and uh, producing indie films and how that led to Children's Hospital is uh, David and I started doing a web series called Wainy Days. Uh, there's a new batch of episodes up on mydamnchannel.com. And uh, follow- that was so much fun. I did some stuff with A.D. Miles and Joe Latruglio. And Rob came around with this thing for Children's Hospital. For those of you who don't know, Children's Hospital started as a web series. And then completely without any effort on our part, got bumped up to a TV series. Even for those of you who do know, it still started as a web series. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, and yes. Uh, John, was, John was sort of at the time like the go-to the guy for, for web. He was like the web uh, producing, web comedy producing luminary. So had you developed the web series on your own before coming to John? And then when, I, tell me when you got on board. Was it from the beginning? It was very much... I just told my manager that I had this idea, and then he said, well, you should talk to John Stern about it. And John and I had known each other from The Ten, a movie uh, that John and David and Ken That's right. Did. That was the last indie film I produced. A movie that... I realized that the business was going downhill fast. <laughs> and uh, and, um, and then, uh, then we immediately said that, John, uh, that David would be a good partner in it as well. So, no, we hadn't really gotten that far with the idea. Just knew that it was not a TV idea. That's the only thing I was sure of. I literally yeah, saw the, the, the pitch that I remember you telling me when we first talked about it was it's in a children's hospital and like you know stupid and funny. 
that was that was literally the extent of it. I signed I on like, right away. Sure, yeah, sure, it could be good. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I was like, is there more to it? It's like well, it's like gonna, it's we'll it was something some. like like so it, it's like in a children's hospital, but doctors fucking stuff. <laughs> um, but the ten actually is a good precursor to all of that. We all worked on the ten together, yeah. which is. As close to short form sketches you can hope for in a movie, mm-hmm. and uh, it was so gratifying that we decided to stay in that format. Yeah, and I was actually I was going to move down to David to talk about that a little bit. Um, Hello, you guys uh, had ri- you had written with a few of these guys, or was it just with Ken on the ten? Uh, up until the children's era, <laughs> I'm just <laughs> looking, scanning down. I feel like I've done little bits and pieces with Paul in New York, but mostly uh, uh, Ken and the other guys from the state. We had all worked. On our various projects uh, in different configurations. I think he was asking well, if you wrote the 10 with anybody other than... Oh. Well, no, I was curious about that Oops. as well. I was going to go back. Oops. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm horribly embarrassed now. <clears throat> Ken and I uh, wrote the 10 together and produced it together with John. Okay. <laughs> I, I liked your story. We also did, did a, film called, a very good film called Diggers together that Ken wrote and starred in. That's right. That is so racist. <laughs> no, diggers, diggers. Oh, 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 I'm so sorry. Yeah. That's a race against, against diggers. mole men. Uh, Ken. You're my digger. <laughs> yes. Ken, also, we know you as a performer, I think before as a writer. How long have you been writing? Uh, you well, I wrote on the state uh, mm-hmm. back in the uh, '60s, and then. Um, <laughs> what was Milton Berle like? He was great. Big, big, big dick. <laughs> Huge penis. That rumor is true. <laughs> Um, was Uncle was Milky. writing something that came naturally to you when it was time to you know put the state up? You guys had been doing the sketches before, obviously, well, but we we were a sketch comedy group in college, and uh, and we all had to. I mean, the, the reality was, you if if you wanted to be in something, you had to write. If you didn't want to, if you if you wanted to just kind of be a peripheral. Uh, player usually you would not write as much. And this is the politics that were heavy and insane when we were 18 years old when we started the group. Sure. <laughs> and so, so that that's how we were kind of forced to write. But it, you know, it, it was there was a competition, but it was a friendly competition, and we all respected and loved each other and had so much fun with each other. But like clearly, there was a reason that we were all motivated to write. And and so the same thing happened uh, after the state ended. I came out to L.A. to act, and then um, Tom and Ben started writing, and uh, David and uh, Showalter wrote uh, Wet Hot, and uh, Michael Black was writing some stuff, and so then I felt that competition kind of thing come back in. I was like, I, I-, I can write something. I- I'm going to write a screenplay. And so then I-, I-, I set out to write like a comedy, uh, and then it wound up being uh, this movie Diggers that I wrote, which is this is comedic elements to it, but it's it's more of a you know, kind of slice of urban, life. Urban comedy. <laughs> urban sort of drama. It's kind of like a precursor to Soul Plane, but it's right. like, yeah, 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 it's yeah, about yeah, yeah. people who dig stuff. Can, uh, did you, did you, were you in an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Uh, no, I was in an upper, uh, not Buffy, uh, Angel? Angel. Angel, okay. Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. I love that show. When did I miss yeah. that episode? I, I impregnated uh, Charisma Carpenter with my demon seed. <laughs> and she had wow. a baby the next day. You, you, <laughs> Ken has played a small guest role on every television program in the last 10 years. Thank you so much. IMDb it. <laughs> That's all I got. That's all you got Erica. for that? Yeah, for now. But I was, but you said something that made me think of something like, uh, I think that's still true. I feel like if you, 
uh, if you want to be in something, if you want to do something, like you pretty much have to write it yourself. Yes. I, I still feel like that like all the time. Like Did any, you wrote the Descendants, right? I wrote the Descendants. <laughs> uh, but no, well, but you I mean, wrote a general, nice part for Clooney, though. He's really. I wrote, the, I wrote the good part for him. But I think in general, like uh, that's still true. I feel like there, like because the there's just there's not very much good stuff, and like people say shit on the internet, you know, what the fuck, man, this movie sucks, why are you in this, you know, I'm always like, I didn't fucking write that movie, like, I'm trying to pay my rent like you are, you know, it's like, but I, but I just feel like that's true, I just that, like, if you want to do something, you have to go and write it, like, if you want to be on a TV show, go and write a TV show that's good. But the good, benefit you know? has been, too, like, we've been very lucky in the sense that, like, a place like Adult Swim, <laughs> FX and MTV are willing to take chances, and I think the way that they do that is by not giving any money to make these shows, but, uh... <laughs> but, uh it's by but, taking no chances at all, is how they do yeah. it. Well, that, no, that, I mean, that but, is always the trade-off. The trade-off is if you want something kind of watered down, where a lot of people are giving notes, and things like that, and, and that might uh, appeal to a, a larger audience uh, where you're going to be making more money than... than what's that? ATJ. 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 Or you do something where you don't make a lot, but you can have more creative freedom and not a lot. there aren't a lot of uh, people just kind of throwing in notes. You have like one literally more, more of a singular voice. If your name happens to be Jerry Seinfeld, you get to do both. Yes, Jerry Seinfeld. But you know, at, at uh, I know uh, specifically at FX and at Adult Swim, and even our experience at MTV, there's only two people to answer to at any given point. It was like your main executive that kind of oversaw your show, and then the head of the network, and that and that's such a crazy great thing because. We did have one season of Human Giant, our first season, where we had a table of people around giving us notes. And it was like, yeah, and it was, you know, like, well, we had a sketch called, like, Hot Air Balloon Cops. And they were, <laughs> and we would solve, like, police chases, but we were in a hot air balloon. And, you know, obviously we'd never catch up with the cars. And, like, they would give us a note like, I don't know if that makes sense. Like, I mean, why would they be in a hot air balloon? <laughs> and, you know, and it, like, we couldn't air that in our first season because they didn't think it was realistic enough. So, like, so, like, that, like, so you get notes like that coming down from a giant table of people, whereas we could have a one-on-one -on -one relationship uh, with people. In and, I, and I think that, that the situation that we have is unusual, very unusual. I think that, like, Adult Swim, maybe because we were, we were a web series first, they were like, oh, you know what? This is already established. They already have a little world. Like, let's just not fuck with it. And it's not a... I don't know what the show costs. I don't think it's very expensive to them. So it's just like, fuck it. Let them do whatever they want. And, like, I, I assume Sheer, like, like FX is sort of the same way, where it's yeah. like, all right, let, let's... like. There are literally two people there. They read the scripts, and then they get... Like, that's it. So you have a very... Un, and really... A very unfiltered note process. But that's okay. really unusual. I mean, you, I'm sure you guys know. It's like, yeah, normally there's a bunch of assholes and wearing ties. Yeah, has, like, how do you feel, uh, Rob, Cordry, and Stern, and Dave, like, how do you feel like that has changed since the first season to the second season? No, not at all. Oh, we get even less notes. Yeah, yeah, we get fewer notes. And, 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 you know, our exec, Nick Weidenfeld, is also a writer, so his notes are really good. And, and he... You know, he, they're really just suggestions rather than notes. That's what's amazing. Is, yeah. I mean, he'll give like two or three notes on a per episode, and then we're like, nah. And he's like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> it was just a suggestion. Whereas, like on any TV show or movie or anything normally that I, I've certainly been involved in, whether it's small or big, you get tons and tons of 
mindless notes that you have to then go through the process of either trying to fight for or give up on or or try to service and prove that they don't work. Well, to me, I think like like when you have a lot of people giving notes, you're diluting that whole note process because it's like eight different people's perspectives. So you're you're just watering down the thing. Whereas if you have a dialogue with one person and they have a vision for the show and you have a vision for the show, how did it work on Heart to Heart? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was the thing. Robert Wagner was untouchable. <laughs> he so, murdered her. You know, but sure, do you remember? If he murdered her, he had a good reason, and I will go to the grave saying that we would get we would get Robbie on the phone with the head of the network. He would just call and say, "Hey, look, you don't want me to do Carson, then uh, then I won't take that note." You know, and that was the thing. Always bartering because it was like you know because we all knew that if he was on Carson that night, the ratings would go through the roof. But sure, do you remember for real uh, the first? <laughs> <laughs> the, the first season we did Human Giant, we we very quickly figured out because we had like uh, I mean the the couple people at the top at MTV were yeah. so cool to us because Tony like DeSanto, amazing. Yeah. This guy Tony DeSanto, and they just like let us do whatever we want. But there are all these like sort of middle people who would never listen to this podcast, <laughs> so I can say whatever. You're too I want. busy producing but, uh, Reverend Run's house. <laughs> But um, what but, you're doing, but, fine. But you have we, a hit eleven minute series. <laughs> yeah. But we would, um, we would, we figured out very quickly that we would have decoy notes. Where, or, or what we would do is we would put in like right. decoy bits, where something that we knew they would kill, and then we would have the thing we really wanted at like at the bottom. So we would let them like kill this, kill that, kill that. And then we'd be yeah. like, oh, well, what about this? They'd be like, all right, you can do that. Right, and, like, and, yeah. even, and, even, like, and even within the sketch, we knew that if we had a, like a line or a thing that we wanted to do, we could trump it and do something really awful before it. And be like, you have to cut that abortion thing. <laughs> well, okay, but and then I guess we'll just have to do this other joke here. But like, that was always our intention, just to do the other joke. But we would kind of... And what is Human Giant? Is that a sketch show? What, what is it? It's, a, it's, a sport, it's just a sport beverage. <laughs> yeah. You, uh, and it gives like you a lot of energy and stuff, yeah. Sounds delicious. Now, another standard trick is uh, you take all the notes, you wait a few weeks till you turn a revised draft, you make sure that there are revision marks all over it, and then they don't quite remember what all their notes are. Like, wow, you changed a lot. You must have <laughs> truly taken my notes, and they don't remember the same. <laughs> Worst thing, though, in, in a network, typical network or studio environment is that there's a whole group of people who are paid. Their job is to second-guess the people above them. And the people above them are the ones who actually have any power or authority over your show. But they're too busy or whatever. And so they more than often are, are just wrong about what the actual person in charge really wants them to do. And so they will give notes guessing what their boss might think. And their notes are sometimes under the context of, well, I like it, but we, we don't want this to happen. And so you can't have the argument with them because they're not, they don't have the authority to say yes or no anyway. Thank you. <laughs> but that being said, sometimes there are very good notes that come through. So you're constantly culling through the, right. the, all the notes to get the good notes and make and you're trying to like stay focused, keep your eye on the prize of like what the what your vision is, while still like going, okay, well that's a good note. We could still kind of keep that in. Well, you know, and keep, I, do you find that, I find this a little bit too? Like especially in comedy, I feel like people are very nervous to give notes because. They don't want to appear that they don't get it or they don't want to ever say it's not funny. So they give a lot of notes around it and you have to kind of decipher what that note actually is. It's like, does he have to be wearing a hat? Uh, why is the floor brown? What's wrong with the wall? And you're like, oh, wait. Can you make is- it Zeppelin cops? Yeah. And then you go like, oh, oh, they just don't like that we're in this room. for the, Like, that's the note. Like, and so I feel like some, like, you know, you just have to, like, 
kind of like there's a million notes sometimes. You're like the note underneath the note is kind of like and that's why though yeah. it's so God. it's so much better to get notes from your partners and each other as fellow comedy writers because we're just like nope, not funny. Don't do that. Cut that. Right. Yeah. And, and comedy is just so better. subjective anyway. Really, like beyond structure and like just the bare bones stuff. Like it just. Yeah, we so think, you, yeah, we I would say we think we do a funny show. There are shitloads of people who are like, I don't fucking get that show. Yeah. I don't think that's funny. You know, like they tweet me every that. day. Yeah. Uh, and in fairness, there's plenty of people who get it and just don't like it. And that's <laughs> yeah. I, I think I told you before uh, And it's not funny. That's the <laughs> the big joke. It's not. I think I'm pretty sure I told Cordry and, and and you guys before, like I was in a meeting pitching in a drama to some company that does dramas oh, yeah. in New York. And the, I mean, in LA, and and the guy said to me, he goes, "Are you? Do you work on Children's Hospital?" This is an executive at this production company. I said, "No, I, I don't, but I have a lot of friends who are right on it, in it, everything." He goes, "Fucking hate that show," <laughs> and I was like, "Really?" Because uh, I, I just told you my friends are in it, and he says, "Man, every time I watch that show, I feel like the people who made that show are trying to make me feel stupid for watching it." <laughs> And that's that's the biggest definition of success we could hope for. Fairly accurate. It's really about him. <laughs> well, you guys do sit around and you look. You you pick five or six executives. You research their lives. Five or six executives and people we went to high school with. <laughs> but you know, I think we. I, I I feel like it's been really great to work at these places because you get to do something that is the cleanest and closest to what. You want to happen it, where even and it comes down to even the casting process. I, I know a lot of friends who've written network sitcoms and they have somebody like, oh, this is the part I'm writing it for. I'm writing it for this person. I want to cast them. And the network's like, nope. And then it's like, well, from that moment, your show is already at a deficit because the person, the creator of the show wanted on it. They're not getting. So like with us, like we cast who we want. We bring in the writers that we want. We get to do everything that we want. So if it fails, it's all our fault. But if, but if, but if it's successful, like, it's because our instincts are being trusted too. Yeah, I, I actually was going to get to this, and this is a good segue to it, but I wonder about, you know, because you guys do have such control of your product uh, and you are essentially getting to do the show that you guys want to do, uh, do you ever wonder about where the line is? You know, do you question whether this will work in the in the context of the show or not or does the room or you know the other writers or the collaboration keep it in check that's like 80% of our time <laughs> is spent trying to define where that line is mm-hmm. um, and whether something is right for the tone and then we have a discussion has the tone changed first season is harder to find that tone and find that line than it is in successive seasons NTSF the first season there is a lot of that and I regret some of the, the story ideas that I kind of shot down saying, oh, that's too broad, and now we brought him back up again for the second season. I was going to ask about that, because NTSF was, didn't get, have that training ground on uh, yeah, we didn't, the internet first. Yeah, I, I had just pitched Nick Weidenfeld an idea for a show, and he was like, I don't know, we're not, live action's weird right now, and then about a year later, he was like, what about that idea you pitched? Pitch it again, and we pitched it again, and he was like, yeah, why don't you just go shoot a trailer? And then we we wrote uh, a trailer and shot it all in one day, and they aired it on the network. And then they're like, "Yeah, yeah, you should do a series." And John was very John was actually very instrumental in c- 
convincing them to to let us just use that <laughs> one minute and thirty second trailer as a pilot, which really for an eleven minute and twenty second show, it's not that bad. No. Uh, it's long. I, yeah, it's long. You know, it's a, and it's one tenth of a show, and uh, and uh, and then they gave us a whole series, which was kind of great because it allowed us to write. 12 episodes and then go back through and then I think like Curtis, John and I we spent a lot of time I think even in editing too you know just kind of going what is the show what is the show and I think if we only had one episode to do that it would be harder to The pilot to. process which is what most networks do is it's hugely imperfect and horrible way to do it sometimes because you can't encapsulate an entire series that's designed supposed to go for many seasons in one half hour 22 minute or 11 minute yeah. uh, burst but yeah, police I, I think that sorry. that was You're supposed the, was to say thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. And that that by the way was for those of you who didn't know. <laughs> I think with, with with pilots too, one of the big problems is these these premise pilots where they they really have to they feel the need to lay out the backstory in the in that pilot episode. And it's unlike any other episode for the rest of the entire run of the series, when an audience, I don't think they truly care. About getting that first well, people origin don't, like, story in, yeah, people episode. People don't tune into just... Mike and Molly and go, oh, why are they fat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really, uh, I, I feel like if you could just start three episodes in already, I think an audience is well wise enough and to be able to And then it's fun to, find, to learn the backstory over time. You yeah. Know? yeah. I mean, you need, need look no further than the West Wing. Well, I have to say, especially with a network like Adult Swim and FX, with their, their I, I really, I do get it. Uh, but with a, a network with like Adult Swim or or FX and their comedies, at least they're going to let you run that full first season, which is such a relief too, because you have you have friends that are on network shows and they can't, you know, they get like two or three episodes in and they get cut. It's done, you know. It's like so. There is a, I guess, like a relief knowing well. You'll see these 12, and you'll at least be able to catch on to it or, or not. Actually, a huge asset, uh, maybe the biggest, is that we shoot, edit, deliver the entire season before they start airing. So we're not chasing ratings numbers and second-guessing those, oh, uh, the ratings were low last week. I guess they don't like Ken Marino's character. <laughs> and, hey. <laughs> They like you fine. Aww. Yeah. Uh, but the tone police thing doesn't stop at the writing. We do, we're always there on set. Is that performance right? And is that director treating it right? Um, another big issue that we keep talking about is, is this too over the top with children? Is something too, um, too upsetting about children? But all four of us are technically fathers. Um, and so we do have a sensitivity. I do think, though, we're all fathers. I mean, Ken, Ken, being a father is not just showing up at conception. I guess you're it's right. It's a lifelong commitment. No, you're right. You're right. I do feel like that's... I, I think that that's Rob and my Achilles heel, our Achilles heel, because... We write things for children that I think have irked you guys. I think we've pushed you. Uh, when the, uh, didn't we have the thing with the giraffe? Like we did some crazy shit to kids in that episode. You're like, oh, you I no, pull. that's never like uh, Ken is our barometer for that kind of shit. Like he'll give us notes like, guys, can we not have four kids die in this episode? And I'm always like, oh, is that a bad thing? For <laughs> like, I, get, I think I maybe I'm like, a fucking sociopath. I don't no, know. I think anybody would be that barometer. We, I get, <laughs> I, I, but it's always good for every group. Not out. me. I think People I have carrying no in dead kid corpses back and forth. I was like, <laughs> that was guys, me. Yeah, that guys, was my. Guys, guys. <laughs> that was, that was yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. I was like, no. I've been compromised. Wait, 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 wait. Well, we can't see their faces. Wait, John, Erica, Erica said something. Erica said something. Yeah. 
<laughs> I, I just I recently this past year I wrote the pilot episode of this MTV series. The show went to series. I was not kept on as the writer for it, but in it I wrote a scene where a kids a kid gets killed and and. Uh, this I kept, yeah, yeah, very funny. But it was it was it was in genre. It made sense to me. But this, this the woman who was the who was there. She finally she was giving me notes like take that out, take that out, take that out. I kept fighting the the note, and then finally she sent me an email like. What the fuck is the matter with you? <laughs> you want to kill a child so badly, you can't just take this note and remove the death. I mean, well, although, and you, although and you, Ken Marino and I wrote a movie where the punchline of one of the parts was that seventy-five kids die outside somebody's house of, an, of, of uh, nuclear radiation. Yeah. <laughs> well, we we had Bobby J. Thompson in Human Giant, who was this little kid. Go like he created a, uh, a sh- <laughs> he created a reality show about where you take uh, little kids and you put them in prison and they would be prison guards and uh, and there was like a big misstep on the show and all these kids got killed and he went and he went around with a gun killing off any of the kids that were still alive but oh my god was like, so like you had a little kid with a gun shooting little kids <laughs> like, terrible hey, bam bam, bam. Like, old buddy Bobby J. <laughs> BGT, or, I, yeah. I would, but I would even say that our show now, Children's Hospital, we, it's barely even about kids. Yeah, like, there's so kids few are kids. So in the, in the background, and when yeah. kids are on set, we're generally very careful to never say <laughs> stuff in front of them. <laughs> I tr- part of me truly doesn't give a shit. <laughs> I mean, they have the parents that would let them do that. They're already doomed. Well, that's the larger the larger issue is that, like, if you're a child actor, you're just fucked yeah, you're anyway. Fucked. It's like, I'm not wait, gonna now we're not going to get any kids to do our show anymore. I watched, I watched a, a school teacher on set teaching kids. Like, you know, they have to have a school teacher there. And I walked by and he was like, this is how you make guacamole. <laughs> and I was like, you know, what, what, this is not an education. Where are the, the times tables or well, alphabet? great guacamole. They they do. Do. <laughs> Those kids are really making great guacamole. Fred Savage does make a great gra- guacamole. <laughs> Erica. Hi. Yes. Tell us how uh, a children's hospital works. Uh, how is it? How, <laughs> Go. How is the show well, written? I'm asking you because you haven't gotten to talk. Thank you very uh, much. How is the show? I invited myself here. <laughs> and thank you for being here. How is the show written? How are the episodes doled out? Is there a writers' room? There is not really a writers' room, and I feel like I haven't talked because I'm sort of in my own world <laughs> when I write. So I think the guys, Rob and David and John, and sometimes Ken get together and they sort of organize everything and they say, okay, these are our stories and then dole them out to all of us. Yeah, well, what we usually do is we get a we get a group of people together. She can fucking talk, man. <laughs> <laughs> what my wife really means is... <laughs> it was an, a- an ATJ episode ready to happen. <laughs> Ken... <laughs> I do think that you guys, you guys have figured like the way that these shows have kind of come about. They are, it's a pretty, it's a pretty good system. I mean, it I would love to th- hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, t- we'll tell you about it after this podcast. <laughs> My wife's not here, so I'll tell you about it. <laughs> Every season of Children's Hospital, we hold a brainstorming session with our larger community of people that we like everyone at this table and others that we trust and care about. And 
we just throw out random brainstormed ideas and also with the cast. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then John and Rob and I and Ken is part of the foursome this season, uh, coalesce them and shape them into ideas and then into outlines. And then some of those outlines go to outside writers like Rob and Paul and all these others, and then others and Erica and other others we write ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then we bring them back into our room, so to speak, to rewrite and hone all the way through production and shooting, which is where we are doing right now. And that's actually the a very similar, I mean, almost identical process that we use to NTSF. I think the only thing that's slightly different with us is that we will talk to the writers that we give episodes out to. We'll kind of have them pitch us an idea and send them some ideas that we're thinking of and then talk them through an idea and then have them write an outline of it too because – We've just found that to be... We also have a, a make-your-own-taco bar at NTSF <laughs> in the writer's room. Really good. Great really guacamole. Good. <laughs> Children make the best guacamole. <laughs> the way, the way it's worked for me, I think, is there's like a list of just story ideas, and they go, okay, just pick an A, B, and C story. You know, These are A stories, these are B stories. And then I'll go and uh, turn in an outline and then write a script. And they go, great. Rewrite it. I'll rewrite it. They go... Great, we love it. Rewrite it. Rewrite the whole thing. And they go, great, we love it. And then I'll look at it on the day, and it's totally different. <laughs> totally different. So it's like... Well, some, some scripts get changed more than others. Yeah. Well, well, no, who I mean, does those changes? I'm curious, uh, on I, both shows, who has that final say on those scripts? I, I just want to say, like, I, when I was, the first time I ever wrote for somebody else's show was Strangers with Candy on Comedy Central. And I remember... Working with them, uh, Amy Sedaris and Stephen Colbert, and was loving the name dropper. I mean, you know, it's like whatever. I mean, personal friends of mine. Um, And um, how come you didn't name the other people on the show? Because I can't remember their names. Um, A lot they don't. They haven't accrued many credits since then. Um, But uh, I wrote this script. Like sort of with you know getting their notes and in feeling like in collaboration with them, and I loved the script that I wrote. And then when I saw the episode they shot, it, it I couldn't even recognize it. I don't think I felt like I wrote one line in it, and I was really taken aback until I realized just how that that normally does work because it's the people who are sort of on the front lines every single day, making the show from top to bottom that have to filter it through their own process and voice uh, and that's how a show has a cohesive voice ben to answer your question basically uh we we the three of these guys do a pass of it i'm involved in that this year and then if there's any uh doubt uh cordry makes the call and And paul on ntsf and and i and i feel like i mean i'm exaggerating that you guys change or you don't change everything but like i feel like a lot of what gets changed and, and even sure when i wrote a script on your show like what gets changed is stuff because John Stern always says, like, just write like the funniest thing possible. So you don't even think about budget, stunts, explosions, right, car yeah. You don't even fucking think about any of that. You just write it, and it's like, oh, this is great. And then you turn it in, and they're like, we don't have that kind of money. So then it just becomes, you know, by the end of the day, it's like, okay, well, ours will be like, you know, someone in a wheelchair going down the hall or, you know, whatever. Yeah. I wrote an but, episode of this year that, was, that involved a whale. Yeah. Oh, my God. And uh, like, a, like a killer whale because it's Shamu in San Diego. I thought that was really funny. And, uh, and uh, like two days before we shot it, 
I, he didn't even tell me. John didn't even tell me. I heard him walking down the hall two days before we were going to shoot going, hey, we're losing that, losing that whale. And uh, <laughs> I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, what? I said, we're not, we're not going to have that whale. And, that is, and then he's like, oh, no, I'm telling the uh, – we, it was, it was we had shot something on Human Giant one time with a, a killer whale head. And we're like, oh, we can do it. We can do it. We can't. You, if you ever want to shoot anything with a whale – you can't. Right, it was do in it. The, it was in the water, right? So you were dealing with like salt, like you were in the ocean. It was right? a lot. It was a kind lot. Of. We wrecked a dolphin. Like well, literally a dolphin. destroyed a dolphin. A dolphin. We had to change it to a dolphin. <laughs> I, I really felt I compromised on, <laughs> on that dolphin. Hubel's script that he's talking about, his, the script he wrote this season, he had a bit in there where, do you remember in Rambo where you see a mud wall and Rambo opens his eyes <laughs> and you realize he's been hiding there? Hubel wrote a bit just like that, but it's chocolate. <laughs> and, and we were like, oh my God, that's awesome. And it existed all the way up until the last minute where we were like, what fuck? We can't fuck. Do you know the resources that goes into making a chocolate wall? <laughs> Just covering a dude in chocolate is like three thousand dollars in four hours. But and that was and that was an issue a lot with NTSF because we wanted to make we wanted to do as many stunts as we could, and it was a, a constant battle of what can we get away with, what can we shoot. But it's good to write with the idea that you don't have a budget. And the only time it really bit us in the ass was the dolphin. Uh, <laughs> the dolphin versus whale. Yeah, because then you, you look for, all right, if we can't do that, what's truly at the heart of that joke or the heart of that scene? Oh, and wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on. Now, also, they, they changed it out to a dolphin, and then the day of the shoot when the dolphin's there, I have video, I videotaped him reaming me out about the cost of the dolphin. So they changed I, it to a dachshund. <laughs> I will say, and I, didn't, I learned this through John Stern, which is something I didn't know. Uh, we learned uh, back on Human Giant that if you needed to get things, you could lie and send in dummy scripts. Like I was like, oh, we could go to SeaWorld and shoot with the dolphin, and we get because the whole idea was that the Shamu was going to be like this, like serial killer, and um, and we were like, oh, we could do that. We'll just send a letter to SeaWorld and say we're going to shoot this thing and make it really like like you know like Disney Channel, like hey, it's us in the park, we're having a good time, and, and then like secretly shoot that, and then like. When we're on set, like adding all these crazy lines, and then you know, and then we found out very quickly that we could get sued for that. <laughs> um, but we had done that on Human Giant of numerous times, like send these dummy scripts to people to be like, they would get it, and be like, oh, this is not funny, but it's cute. Yeah, you could definitely come to SeaWorld and shoot. Well, we you know? that's how we yeah. shot at a summer camp for Wet Hot American Summer. We completely rewrote the script to get the place to agree to do it. <laughs> <laughs> So they didn't know about the uh, the two guys lovemaking scene. That's right. <laughs> well, the biggest I think the biggest example like, of what they didn't know about the biggest like script blunder we must have had was uh, Rob and John and Ken and I went to Brazil uh, last spring to shoot a fifteen second scene. Fifteen. I mean, it's fifteen. You know, it takes. 24 hours to fly to Brazil. It takes a long time. A lot of smelling Ken's farts. With a layover in Panama. Yeah. But uh, so we flew all the way down there really to shoot like 20 seconds of footage. And, we, and then we, we took the, our executive from, from Adult Swim, this guy Nick Weidenfeld, and we had this one bit where he was in the background as a doctor. He's just dressed as an extra. And um, we're shooting in a, uh, in a really poor village in like a favela down there. It's where they shot City of God, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't, it, wasn't that the area, right? Yeah. 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 So, um, so the bit was that uh, um, Ken and I walk by and we just sort of say, hey, good morning to this guy. And then as soon as we walk by, 
these guys with machine guns walk up and put a sack over his head and drag him into a van and abduct this doctor. So we were like, yeah, you know, that'd be hilarious. So this is like eight in the morning and we're shooting this in a very poor village where shit like that happens all the time. So we do that. We shoot a couple takes of it. And then out of nowhere, uh, this huge Humvee rolls up, a real Humvee with real guys with real machine guns, and they jump out and like just screaming at us, and we were like, "What the fuck? <laughs> we're Americans joking!" Yay! <laughs> I'm not a real doctor. We're kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and then they were 15 like, second well, scene for a low budget cable show <laughs> in Los Angeles." We love your brother. Sure, you, you do. know Children's Hospital. <laughs> I like the Brack show. <laughs> well, robot chicken's very funny. <laughs> um, I'm just going to get to one more of my questions, then we'll open it up to you guys. Um, Rob, specifically for you, um, I feel like you know something my writing partner and I like to do in our, our uh, hit stage show and podcast is uh, world expanding. Uh, and I feel like what you guys have done on Children's Hospital is sort of expand the world Three-dimensionally, if that makes sense, where you are playing your character on the show and uh, the actor playing the character. Where did all of this come? And there's also a Rob Corddry character who has appeared. Uh... Rube Cordryson <laughs> is the creator of that show. Yeah, that know. is something that I'm more obsessed with than these guys are. Uh, I think we don't... You know, there's not much by way of continuity in our show. We use it when we want to and we chuck it when we don't. But I'm very kind of obsessed with the continuity of that world, the world in which the show exists. Uh, and I feel like sometimes these guys are like, ah, just whatever, do your thing. But I think that was sort of inspired uh, by comic books in a way. Like I like the mythology. Like I really like getting into origin stories and, and like exploring the world around this just, you know, 11 minutes of jokes. Uh, so it's just kind of like a, a fetish of mine, I guess. So I jack off to it. Um, but, uh, yeah. yeah no, that makes, I, that's I totally like my thing. There I is something really you know, funny, could, could though. You just, I just follow up on the jacking off part. Yeah, go ahead. Um, <laughs> if you go could just go a little deeper into that. with a Just... <laughs> Now, you're referring to uh, a couple of episodes that we've done that have a newsreader's format, a fake news magazine Mm -hmm. format, and I uh, announced that some people already know we're doing a spinoff that's all newsreaders that we're going to shoot later this spring. Children's Hospital. You're really yeah. expecting that break out of applause there. You're really getting <laughs> the You're really Newsreaders <laughs> variety just ran out of the room. The announcement was that some people already know that. Um, it, but also, like, I'm also obsessed with the mythology within Children's Hospital as well. Like, with the hospital itself and clowns and, like, the wor- like, I have very specific rules for that world, but not necessarily for the actual continuity of the show. Right. Is there ever a temptation to get into that? You know, who is sleeping with whom, et cetera, on the show, or does it just not matter? It's well, whatever the joke is. Yeah, which mostly whatever the joke is. And also, we were more con- concerned last season with being, uh, having any continuity at all. Like, we actually were like, oh, we should not have two of the same people dating two episodes in a row. And it determined our episode order. Uh, now I guess we've not thought about that way, as much. Th- that is kind of what's evolved as the rules is like who's in love with who should never be consistent. But m- much of the rest of it is somewhat yeah. consistent. The world is pretty consistent. Yeah. I would say that for 11 minutes we, we keep the continuity. Sometimes. <laughs> within, within the course yes, of the yes, within, within one episode. Yes, within the course the of an continuity. episode we are very respectful of the continuity. 
Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And Paul, for you, in bringing NTSF, uh, even based on the initial pitch, what is it in that that you responded to? Not necessarily where did the idea come from, but you know, what do you get to enjoy from that? Um, Pussy. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of that. Uh, I, I think that there is just, I mean, the thing that is the most exciting thing for me to do in the show is really just get to work with all these amazing people i mean that's and everyone kind of wants to do it i mean that's like like i feel like we've created a a shoot environment where you can get really great people you know following in the footsteps of what children's hospital has done too it's like you have these people that you wouldn't assume are going to be doing tv or at least an 11 minute show and it was really exciting for me to be like oh this is great this is like what I got out of doing UCB back in the day, which was like, we're going to put on a show, we're going to do it like for two nights, and then that's it. And it's, and it's the closest I've ever come to that kind of feeling of we can get anybody we want to kind of get together, mm-hmm. do something fun, and, and make it a fun, enjoyable environment. And Paul, we shouldn't be modest either. Like, we've also, I mean, as creators of these shows, made literally tens of hundreds of dollars. Tens of hundreds. <laughs> Uh, and that's nice as well. Like I don't yeah. like it. Sometimes is about the money, it and is. we, you know, made uh, a few a, thousand. Yeah, if, if I do this show for three more years, I can put a down payment on a house, which yeah. I'm really excited about. And uh, don't be ashamed of that. Yeah, but that is that. I mean, that to me is the is the most fun. Is it's like that idea of just getting to work with just. But you could have you could have also done that with any number of different kinds of oh. shows. So oh, I love. In that I mean, genre I'm addicted. Parody? Oh, for me, that action genre is something that I. Absolutely love. And, I mean, from growing up with, like, Die Hard and Point Break and all that sort of stuff, it's just the, the thing that I would love to do that I would never be cast in, and, you know? And I think that that, to me, is, uh, is really a fun thing, you know, to be able to do all this stuff that no one would ever pay to do. I would be the guy next to Bruce Willis's friend who's like, oh, you got to come back by tomorrow, uh, you know? <laughs> Chief's birthday is... Uh, Days, you know, uh, you're undercover too long, Axel. You know, so uh, you're hired. You know, so yeah, you know, it's like you know, like so. I feel What's like the it's, name of that movie. I want to see that movie. This bad uh, <laughs> Paul Reiser as Eddie Murphy's friend. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think like to really, I mean, to me, that's been really fun to at least flip. Uh, I mean, again, not to sound too whatever, but to flip stereotypes and have people come in and do things that you wouldn't normally expect them to do, myself included, but then everybody else. We try to, we try to do that with people, too. Yeah, like let Jeff me ask Goldblum you guys really just briefly about casting these shows, because most of you are with them. I guess all of you are with them from the beginning. Uh, but tell us a little bit about how you cast the shows, because both ensembles are fantastic. I just cast uh, Children's Hospital with people I like working with. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just all my friends, and I've, I've I basically like just collect people from different, you know, uh, places I've I've worked and and yeah, people just I like being with. And then so, Ken. And also. Then I somehow weasel my way Ken. in there. <laughs> well, I actually wondered about this from you both of you guys, Rob and Ken. Like, Rob asked you to be in this web series. Uh, did you do this as a lark? Did you because th- this is fun? I'll get to make a thing with my friends. Did you know you'd be committed for uh, this long? <laughs> well, I mean, it's not a real commitment. I mean, you know, we shoot the show in like six weeks or yeah. you know five. Yeah. Weeks. So it's like this is like the one time a year. It's like my favorite time of year. We usually shoot the show around Christmas, and uh, it's just like a super fun for me. Really fun. You know, we go to a hospital, and it's mainly shot in a hospital, and we all have our rooms, and I take my dog and like just hang out with everybody. So it's 
for me, it's really fun. Uh, Only two days per episode. <laughs> 28 day shoots yeah, for really, 14 it's episodes. It's really fast, and it's not like a huge time commitment or anything. And, um, but yeah, we, you know, when we did it at first, it was just like, oh, this is a funny web series. And Cordy and I had been old friends from New York, and, and you know, I, I knew a lot of these guys and liked them. So, yeah, you know, any, obviously, anytime you can do anything with your friends and get paid to do it, do that. Well, and, and I'll also add, I, I agree with that 100%. And I think what we've been trying to do a lot with our, with our guest stars are people that we just really like. You know, so it's sort of like, oh, man, you know, if it's, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of. Who Jeff that? Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum, Adam Scott. Like these people. J.K. Simmons. Just, Michael you know, Jackson. J, yeah, J.K. Sim. Yeah, Michael Jackson. Philip who, Seymour Hoffman. Robert Palmer. Tom Cruise. Tanya Roberts. Ben and Jerry's. But uh, but no, but I mean like that's a, that's a really cool thing is to be able to be like oh I love that guy like and I think all of us probably uh, in this whole panel like we all primarily I think watch dramas and stuff like that too so it's like oh we got to get that guy to come on the show and wouldn't it be great if this guy was there and it's like it's uh, to me that's always super fun yeah. to get to get Julian Sands you know from Room with a View and Warlock to come on and do like a thing it was like that was I was so over the moon about that it was awesome we I just we we shot some. Thing. Uh, can, I, can I talk about the Henry Winkler? Ruh, 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 ruh. Oh yeah, yeah. Sure. We shot some. We shot some. We shot some. We shot something. <laughs> All right, I won't talk about it. Never mind. Never mind. I won't talk about it. No, no, no. You should. This won't go out. This won't go out until next year. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. No, clearly, Dave does not want to talk about it. He's joking. You'll have to tune in and see. If you watch the season, Henry Winkler does something really great that Ken can't talk about. The, the point is, he did he did something that that made us act like little like twelve year old kids. Like <laughs> he did a bit from Happy Days. That you're, uh, everyone here has never seen Happy Days. Look how they're all like eighteen years old. But uh, he did a bit from Happy Days that we asked him to do. That was and excited. when he did it, we were like, "Fuck yeah!" Yeah. <laughs> Every so often on the show, working with Henry Winkler for people our age, we just like take a step back and like. Pinch ourselves, we're like, yeah, that's this is that was shit. The, the fun. Yeah. I, I, I go hands down. The best thing that's ever happened for my parents with my career was having lunch with Henry Winkler. I feel like they still talk about. It. They came to visit me on the set, and they came. and Henry Winkler is the most amazing, lovely, the best guy. Yeah, and he sat and talked to my parents for an hour, and they are. Like, Oh, he is. Oh my God! When you work with Henry Winkler, what was it? like? That is that, and no matter what other things have happened, that Henry Winkler, he's he's cross generations. I mean, like I feel that way too, just talking to him. Like, was that the lead story in your family's Christmas letter? <laughs> it's a seven-page-long Christmas letter. Uh, one is about just getting the DVD for Heart to Heart. Get that, and then it does end with uh, two paragraphs on Henry Winkler. <laughs> way to bring it full circle. All right, you guys have questions. Uh, if you do, please remember that questions begin with a W or an H and not with an I. Uh, and if you do have a question, come up to the sides here so I can hand you the microphone. I feel like you could say, I was wondering. Nope. <laughs> uh, no, just cut right to it. I would right like to, to know or what eyes. Do you prefer them more than noses? <laughs> Something like that. That would be fine. Hi. Um, could you expand on what you were saying about premise pilots? Like, do you think they're passe, or could they work in some cases? I, I don't think that they're passe, and of course they can work. Anything can work. Hi, it's Curtis Gwynn, everybody. How are you? <laughs> uh, I think, it, uh, of course it can work. I mean, great people who write great things, it's going to be good. But I think the, the tendency is to be forced to do that. Um, maybe not at our, uh, the stuff that we do, but I think at networks a lot, 
You know, the first thing that people say to you is, we're not going to do a premise pile. Don't do a premise pile. And then you get forced to do it, and it always feels like this Frankenstein together bullshit thing. It doesn't feel like these people have known each other. It feels really weird, and it's not like – it's not indicative of what the series is going to be. Because the majority you know? of people who tune into a sitcom aren't watching – you don't watch episode no. one to episode 100 of Friends. It's not like Breaking Bad. It's not serialized. Yeah. But yet they kind was- of want you to give a serialized pilot. Also, I think it's unfair to the creators and the people doing it because they're going to get judged on this pilot. You know, Maybe this, the network already knows if they want to pick up the show or not or whatever, but they're going to get judged on this pilot – that is not the series. It's not what the series is going to be like. It's all story heavy, and there's the jokes aren't there. It's just I, to I me, I still it. think like the like I, I did a lot of re- I wrote a network pilot a while ago, and I did a bunch mm. of research, and I think the only pilots. Wow, I'm impressed. A lot of research, <laughs> but the only I, I watched all these pilots, and the only ones that I thought were actually like good. Uh, I mean, Arrested Development was an amazing pilot that like set up everything in the world. And then, like, uh, Cheers and Taxi. Those are the only ones that were like, oh, it's funny, it's good. But everything else is like, it's just not as good as episode two, three, or whatever. It's because then they have a writing staff, and then they have a, it's a you have to be forced to do and more. And after always- the pilot's done, you have this long period of time after it's been picked up to figure out what the show is. And that's yeah. when you do it. I, I have a question, though. I, I'm not, I don't really know much about all that. I, I, did, would you consider, did you read the pilot for Community? Oh yeah, is yeah. that considered a premise pilot? Yeah, because yeah, so because that though, like I thought that was one of the best pilots I've ever read, and like, and it's one of those pilots, pilots where you get the premise, and then you're like, oh, now I can see it just being right in that world. Yeah, yeah, and there's nothing we have to. There's no serialization. It's just jokes, right? And, yeah, I think that's but, a, so. That's like, tricky. The goal. Right, is to do maybe do it, something like that. It's just the lowest common denominator like is always yeah. a new person. Our protagonist shows up at uh, Environment X for the first time and meets everyone, and everything has to be spelled out one by one, and that kind of bogs up. There can be no room for any other plot or character development if that's what your pilot is. But I think that very few people can tell you how. Friends you guys are really upset about, about this, guys. <laughs> Fucking furious. <laughs> Real. Well, but I wonder. I wonder about this as you guys were approaching your pilots. Did you wonder about what is the best story to tell in my first episode of this show? The pilot that we actually wrote as our our pilot. Uh, was not actually the first episode that aired. Although I think, in retrospect, I, I, I would have liked it to be that one. But we were told not to by the network. But, uh, but, but I mean, it, but it also, I feel like we were able to put in any order it was. Because you got, like, for my show, it's also like, it's a, it's a police procedural. So you, everyone has that baseline underneath it, you know. It would be good to set up the characters. It's nice to set up the characters, but we felt like people got it. I mean. We have a shorthand because our pilot was really for both of these shows were the hundreds of shows that came before that set up what that premise was. We could just step right in. Yeah. Or in our case, the 10 episodes we did on the web. Very Next cool. question. But we haven't started writing stories yet. Really. <laughs> just jokes. <laughs> but isn't, isn't life itself its own story? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. True, true that. Oh, boy. Go true ahead. that. It's got its first act. It's got its second act. And, of course, sadly, it's got its third act. Well, we, we, nailed, we nailed that guy's question. <laughs> uh, other questions from you guys? Really? Should we turn on the lights? You the so we can see help. people. You guys know everything, everything you ever wanted to know about television This is your writing, chance. Huh? Oh, no, people come up, I see. We're good happens. with personal questions. No heart-to-heart questions. Gentleman in the hat and the white jacket. Don't touch my microphone. Okay. Don't touch my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, colorful balls. Um, how do you guys uh, get your assignments 
you know, are, do you have executives that are sort of giving you guys, hey, we want this kind of thing, and then and then you're writing it, or you know, do you guys sort of come up with stuff and then you say, hey, well, how about this, or like, what percentage is what, and how has that changed since when you started out writing? Did did you come in a little bit late? <laughs> you, no, no, I, um, no, 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 no. We're not mocking you. Aside from, the, aside from the, you know, like that pilot, or you know, yeah. just in general. I think they, 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 uh, like at Adult Swim, they, they did not none of the above. Like they they, they basically uh, have supported us driving the direction of the show and deciding on the premises. And as we discussed earlier, they give us a few reactions to the scripts when they get them. And and the way the 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 way that we write our shows is not indicative of how Adult Swim wants shows to be written. I think that with the way that we figured out how to write a show is the most conducive to our experience. You could have, you could have a show in Adult Swim that has a writer's room and people are assigned and there's a you know a very clear delineation of stuff. But I think that this system that children set up is something that I really responded to and but, it's, it gives yeah, a lot I, more freedom I, to I, the writers to kind of bring stuff. And I think what you're going at is like I think most networks or channels or whatever they do really develop it with you and then there is a lot of back and forth and stuff i think we are two shows we were very lucky that we didn't have any of that like we had done this web series so they were like oh go do that paul did that one minute um trailer so they were like oh just make that but i think yeah normally that's unusual like a, yeah normally at like a, a real tv station <laughs> you, you they, there's a lot watch of it like, rob watch <laughs> it <laughs> no, but uh but yeah at, at a, at a, in a different situation you would have to there's a lot of like development, you know. Where well, like, like yeah, when I did, I did uh, what should we call it? Homeboys from Outer Space on UPN, and <laughs> it was a really that's a real show, by the way. That yeah. is a real show. We, uh, my my comedy partner and I did um, a web a, a series of web shorts for Channel 101 called uh, Gamberling, which then because we had all of them shot, they were it was very unconventional, the same way as as Children's Hospital, where they just saw those. Web shorts, and we're like, great, we'll just. Make well, that's it, actually make how we show. got Human Giant too. We had done yeah. we had done Shutterbug and Illusionator. Yeah, yeah, yeah we did yeah. Shutterbugs and Illusionators, just sketches that we put online, and they were like, oh, these guys already can do that. Let's just let them go do this. So, yeah, I mean, my advice to people is like, uh, not that you're asking for advice, but like, just do shit for the internet, and then like that'll become popular. And I, and and I, that's how and I also Stella do think started on Comedy Central yeah. as well. I do think that uh, there there always are mandate. I think there are mandates in the, the rough sense. Like you'll get like I you mean, go out with a guy and you know for a <laughs> beer, and yeah. some uh, hamburger. Mandates are great. It's also my spec script. I'm really trying to get Jason Siegel attached to it. Uh, but uh, Wait, you're going to get staffed on work in it. Is that true? <laughs> I, uh, fingers crossed. Uh, the uh, but no, I think that like you know. I know at FX and, and even, you know, Nick Weidenfeld will be like, oh, I'd like to see this. Whether or not sometimes it's a good idea. Oh, that's something like, we haven't thought about. But, yeah, so it, there always will be a, a suggestion, I think. Always. Hi. Um, both of your shows, uh, they're really, really kind of silly comedy. Um, do you find... <laughs> that's, that's it. Um, do you find it, uh, your experiences writing for different kinds of comedic shows, do you find it, um, do you prefer or, or this kind of comedy where the characters can be so dumb that it... I would like to drop this from a higher height. <laughs> that, it, that it can serve the joke most of all. Um, you don't have to deal with as much 
character development. <laughs> oh, I would love to go on the roof and drop this microphone. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think that uh, just to Was say, there a question in there? <laughs> I think that I was think just a children. zing. I think that was kind of a fuck you. <laughs> but I got to... You know what? He did make it like about children, himself, though. But <laughs> children I, know, I think that's is question. one of the funniest shows... Uh, Children's is one of the funniest shows, and it's so chock full of jokes. We think about NTSF, SUV, SD. But you guys put so much jokes in there, but I feel like the characters, I know the characters. They are defined. Like, you know, and even though they're silly, it's like you... I don't, know, I don't know if they're mutually exclusive. I don't think that you have to like, be silly at the sake of characters. I think the characters... I mean, you guys definitely know what voices you're writing for, right? Yeah, it's, but it's been a very gradual thing. And, uh, you know, we were very vocal early on about, like, fuck story and fuck character. We're just going to write jokes. And that is, I mean, basically our, our mandate, mandate.com. Uh, and um, Justin, Jason, check it out. J- Jason Long yep. and, and, and Justin uh, Siegel. But, you know, as, as we've gone on, <laughs> as we've gone on and, and as I've, I think, I learned from these guys kind of how to write better. I feel like, like you kind of need a little character development and a little story to help the jokes along, too. Like they just don't, they're, they're, they hit better. I used to write for uh, The Wonder Years, and yeah. it was not as gratifying. Fantastic guacamole on that set, though. <laughs> I, I was 11. <laughs> we don't have writers on children. There's, no, there's not a single person who writes full time on our show. Um, apropos of nothing, <laughs> but I think I think I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Thank you, Grandpa. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly what that question was, but I think um, I think in like 11 minutes. I mean, it's it's different in my mind because in a half hour you do have the luxury of really developing these stories and developing these characters. In 11 minutes. We don't have that luxury, so it is just like, okay, what can get a laugh right away without a huge setup? I mean, it's literally like you have dun dun burnt, you know, it's like a couple lines to get a laugh, you know, and then. See, I, I look at it slightly differently, which is that it's a luxury to be 11 minutes, so yeah. we don't have to worry yeah. about characters. Sure, yeah, I agree. In like I agree. A half an hour, if we had to do Children's Hospital for a oh, half hour thing, yeah, we, you have to develop the character and you have to really kind of build these real arcs and you have to give it a little bit more heart otherwise you'd start to burn out because the comedy would burn out and I think I agree. that's the our show has no heart no <laughs> in terms I mean of you don't need like for 11 minutes of like you know like joke 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 it's, it's not about it's not about the heart of it you well know? that's why well, we do, do put that a ton of effort into constructing the story of course and yeah. of course making sure that stories have real beginnings and middle wait and shh and <laughs> I have something oh. what I what I like about it is that it's Sorry we're out of time, everybody. <laughs> it is so silly, but it's delivered in such a sincere way. It's as if there's all this character development and stuff that we know or we should know. We know from others. That is a good point. Yeah, you know what, right. It's like fake heart. But it's also like that idea like when Great people show. go like, hey man, did you smoke a lot of pot to write this? You know, he must have been so high. It's Nothing like, makes David angrier than hearing that. Because like, it is a lot like, of work, no, work to actually really like make get these. the pot and make the brownies. Yeah. 
But David's right. It, there is a shitload of work that goes into like making these stories and then like trying to go back and go like, okay, where's the joke? Where's the joke? But I feel like always what we what we do in all our projects is take really stupid ideas and give them the most serious, hardworking, rigorous execution we possibly can, yeah. and that's that's the magic formula that makes that's this what made fucking America brilliant. Great. Don't, yeah. undercut, don't undercut. And that's what, what the you terrorists are trying to take away from us. In terms of characters, you can't underestimate what happens when you have actors take the place of what's what's the words are. We totally underwrote those characters. We still do, but once Ken Marino, Rob Hubel, to use lesser examples, are are on screen, um, they. Hey, wait a second. Um, And then it it works together. Then we start hearing what those voices are and writing for them. I bet you every TV show goes through that process. I do believe that that's the hardest thing when you are working on a pilot because it's not cast. And so you're getting notes, but no one can hear the voices. But once you can know the voices... It's the whole show opens up. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, the, the funnier the voice, it was funnier murder. the show. <laughs> Are there any more questions couched, uh, insults couched as questions? <laughs> we have time for a couple more. Insults or questions? Just one more insult. We have time for yeah, one, one more insult, one more question. <laughs> Anyone? Not a one. Really? Right. What's the we difference? Did a hospital live show, and it, uh, we did our own Q&A afterwards where we each lobbed insults at each other <laughs> in the form right. of questions. You had a question, Hubel? Uh, I, I sometimes, it's more of a confession. <laughs> I, when I look at Rob Corddry and Paul Shear, I get them confused physically. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah, the yeah, difference. Yeah, yeah. I don't get and, the difference between. And you think we're Dave Kackner. Yeah. I have less of a confession as much as a confection, which is apricot juice from Russia. <laughs> Um, authentic and genuine. That, that's a gigantic bottle. How many apricots are in that bottle there? It takes seven apricots to make one bottle of juice. Wow. I have I have less of a, a confection and more of a collection that my <laughs> that my parents just sent to me. I collected uh, TV guides and uh, they just sent them from uh, Long Island to my house. So I have big boxes. Of I have less of old a collection. TV guides. If anybody wants any, I have less of a collection, more of an erection. Than- <laughs> Nailed it. For those Didn't of you at home, he really, he really does the have an erection. And I was like, eh, I'm done. <laughs> No, we got to get, we, this guy has a question, right? Yeah. yeah, all right, come on. <laughs> two for two. Uh, how did you come up with the idea of Children's Hospital being a show within a show? Was oh. that something you had from the beginning? <laughs> uh, no. I think that's a good, I, that was... No, and I, and I... actually a great question. Honestly, uh, I, I can't remember. Do you remember when that came out? Uh, I don't, I don't yes. know. Yes. Uh, Yes, I do. No, you we, don't. But don't yeah. share it. Don't share it. We don't knew tell we it. wanted to do a behind-the-scenes episode just to break format. And uh, once that did, it took on a life of its own with, all right, well, who are these fictional characters that no, are everyone else? first so we started with, with Cutter Spindell in the web series. That's true. That's right. That's in right. the web series, I played the producer of the show. Was he producer then? Uh, you, were, no, you were the actor, Cutter Spindell, who had directed an episode. That's yeah. right. And so that was why it was the most self-masturbatory episode of the exactly. season. Exactly. Because I just kind of, because I liked the name Cutter Spindell. <laughs> I knew a guy named Cutter, and my dentist was Dr. Spindell, and I liked the way it sounded, so he wrote an episode. But that that actually kind of is what started, is that was an episode told from the point of view of a fictional character that we then identified on screen, and we uh, did more with that as time went on. Any other questions? Yeah. Uh, You've talked about influences a little bit, like the state, but, I mean... 
I see it as something that's like the Marx Brothers. Could you go into maybe more about influences? Well, the state was influenced by the Marx Brothers, and we were influenced by the state, I guess. (laughs) What, even early on for you guys as performers and as writers, uh, what were your influences, either in comedy or outside of comedy? I was thinking about this the other day. Like, I feel like, I mean, there's always, you can say, like, there's a million comedy things that influence you. But for me, also things like Pulp Fiction and, like, you know, movies like Die Hard, like, those things that, like, these, like, big movies that, like, when I was a kid or, or TV. loves Die Hard, right? Loves Die Hard. <laughs> die die Hard, so good. But, uh, but no, but, I mean, those, like, there's a lot of comedy things, like, you know, from the Ben Stiller show and SNL. I think everyone kind of says roughly the same things, but I feel like Pulp Fiction was, like, a, a big movie. I remember seeing that, and I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. And, I, I, like, all those big, like, Robert Rodriguez movies and stuff like that, like, just things that were very different, I feel like. For, for me, it was Br- Br- British stuff was my main – my dad was a huge Anglophile, and so we were just raised on old British stuff, and it was anything John Cleese, like uh, Faulty Towers, and, and I loved – I really, really uh, loved the young ones. I was obsessed with the young ones, and um, anything anything British I thought was good. I was a typical young comedy nerd. Who, Benny Hill. Uh, he, my dad did watch a lot of Benny did watch a lot of Benny Hill Ab. my Ab. <laughs> I didn't have any influences in comedy or TV or movies it was, for me it was Jean-Sebastian Bach <laughs> um, the paintings of Monet Ansel Adams the world around us is always giving you inspiration you just have to find it but I mean, you can't do that on television. I, like, that's not a classy answer. But like, <laughs> I watch that the shit out of that show. You know, like I love that show. Like, Legends of the Hidden like, Temple. <laughs> yeah, but but I mean, what about Fox, that I would, my like, original? I come home every day and watch Sanford and Son, and you know, and Three's Company, and like those are the things that make made me laugh. I mean, but they're not the things I'm like. Uh, Eddie Murphy on Saturday Night Live, which also was great, but those are the things that I yeah. would daily watch. All those, you know. What about when Moose got slimed? <laughs> <laughs> he shouldn't have said, "I don't know." I don't know. <laughs> Salute your shorts. Um, are I there things every episode of that ten times? Are there things that are not influences on you? Oh, <laughs> great question. I don't like the Three Stooges. I, I know people are a big Three Stooges fan. I never got into the Three Stooges. I, love the I like the three. St- I started liking the three studios when I put them on for my daughter. She was like three at the time, and she went completely nuts. <laughs> Did not stop laughing from minute one until the end. And afterwards, I said to her, uh, "You know, um, it's uh, not okay to hit." <laughs> and and my wife goes, "Solid parenting." <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't like uh, I don't like Indian food. It doesn't General inspire you. But I remember very spicy. I heard like Bob Odenkirk was on the podcast and he got so he's like I'll tell you what I don't like Mel Brooks movies and he was like everyone. Well, he's wrong. He's yeah, dead Mel, wrong. I like Mel Brooks movies. Life stinks. Life stinks. Life stinks. The best one. High anxiety. <laughs> Uh, very briefly, and uh, we can start with you, Rob, and just kind of go down. One guy in the back, like. Oh, there's a what? No, no, nothing. Right. <laughs> uh, what are you guys watching on television? What are you putting in your eyes? What are you talking about with each other? That's getting you, you know, excited to make television. Um, we were just talking about this. I don't know if it relates to our show at all, but uh, I'm, I'm a little bit behind on Breaking Bad. I do love that show. Uh, Way behind on Breaking Bad. Um, you <laughs> haven't started watching it, so right? to you. And then, uh, and then I've been watching American Horror Story this season, which uh, no one's watching that, really? 
Um, I heard I heard a yeah, great good. I, I really heard a like great it. criticism of American Horror Story, which is you can take any episode and put these scenes in any order, and it will be exactly the same. <laughs> my, yeah, my friend yeah. made a joke. He said, uh, "I'm not saying the show's complicated, but uh, David Lynch is like, is there a Wikipedia page?" <laughs> <laughs> Not my joke. Does your friend write for Leno? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, his I, friend is Leno. I guess I'm watching that and uh, Monday Night Football. Have you ever seen that show? <laughs> the story's When's changed too much. Yeah. Yeah. What, what night is that on? What, what? When, when is that show on? Monday Night Football? Yeah. <laughs> what night? It's on Wednesdays. Cool. <laughs> 4.30. Give Erica that microphone, please. I can do this. Um, really into The Bachelor and The Bachelorette and also <laughs> Bachelor Pad. <laughs> Ken, are you watching anything? What do I watch? Uh, well, Phineas and Ferb. Very funny. I'm watching a lot of that. Yo Gabba Gabba. Wiggle, 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 stop. Wiggle, 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 stop. Uh, what else? Backyardigans. Uh, Backyardigans. Storage Wars. <laughs> a lot of storage oh, have wars. Guys, have you guys yep. seen? Have you guys seen? Yep. Have you seen? Yep. Um, have you seen Bait Car? You gotta fucking watch Bait Car. They they rig a, a car with cameras and everything, and then they then they park it with the keys in the lock, and they just get people to steal it, and then they arrest them. What? It's what awesome. It's called Bait. B a k e. B a i t. Bait Car. It's Whoa. on. It's on True TV. And they just trick people into stealing awesome. a car, and then they go to prison. It's like, <laughs> that's like, well, you shouldn't have stolen the car. Oh, it's great. David, do you have time for television? Not much lately, on it because uh, I, I like like all Monet, three of my Bob. other partners on uh, Children's Hospital. We all have two small children. Each of us do. Um, you have to spend time with them, you know. I do. So I, my the shows I watch are also you know, right. Super Y and. Uh, Yo Gabba Gabba and so forth. You're but, uh, welcome. The one, the one show Gabba, that Gabba, I've really been excited about uh, is Louis. Knock knock. Oh yeah, Louis. Louis is awesome. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Um, oh my god. That That's the one that just kind of every time, every single episode, I'm like, wow. Best thing on TV. <laughs> Can't believe it. Yeah, Curtis. Yeah, I think comedy's uh, Louis, and um, then I'm mostly a drama. I don't know. I write so much comedy. It sounds like an asshole, but uh, <laughs> I do watch a sh- I inhale dramas, one-hour dramas. I love them. I, I love Breaking Bad and Mad Men and the, uh, the Boardwalk Empire and uh, The Wire and everything. I mean, I just am, that's, that's the thing that I'm most into watching because uh, I think at the end of the day, I just want... that's. I'm like the guy who asked the question earlier. I just want to watch real characters. I don't want to watch this bullshit that I... <laughs> this pablum that I make for the masses. I want to watch something genuine when I get home. Your friend TSF, it's truly mediocre television, gives me so much inspiration. And we're always trading the bad episode of Charlie's Angels this season. Charlie's whoa, Angels, whoa, whoa, guys, whoa, 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 whoa. Get, get on Charlie's Angels. It's only three episodes. That's all. It's worth the six bucks. Get them on iTunes. It's um, so good. Can I say something, though, about Charlie's Angels? I haven't gotten through the third season yet, so don't give it away. <laughs> um, well, the, my I, wife and I are watching the whole you're thing. You're going to flip when you find out who Charlie is. <laughs> He's hot. Uh, Bill Murray, right? Who is it? <laughs> in a comedy sense... Uh, Louis, but it's self-serving because I produced the pilot of Louis, but I haven't been involved. Hold since on, John, 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 hold on a second. You dropped something. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> 
I just uh, there's no smooth way to bring that up, but I have. Yeah, just don't. Uh, yeah, no. The, way, the smooth way would be we, one of us would bring it up. Why didn't they bring it back why to didn't do no the rest of the series? Yeah, why didn't you do why the they, series? Yeah, only the pilot, huh? They fired. Oh, children's hospital. Um, but uh, Sherlock, the British. There's this new British miniseries Sherlock, which I love. Um, and I'm still catching up on Mad Men, and I'm just now starting on Downtown Abbey. Abbey That's my or, It's not Downtown I, I think Cheryl named the show. I'm going to steal it. But uh, Luther, yeah. too. The first season of Luther. These are the shows that I've been bringing up to them nonstop in the writer's room. Yeah. 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 Luther, Downtown Abbey, and, uh, and Sherlock are great. They're awesome. They're really good shows. I like New Girl a lot. I think that's a really funny show. Um, Parks and Rec is oh, always sure. really funny and, 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 and solid. Uh, and uh, I just started watching Homeland, which is uh, really, really good. Wow. Uh, yeah. Claire Danes in the audience. <laughs> and, uh, and based on listening to this podcast, I just watched the first three episodes of Games, Game of Thrones today. Um, you, how'd you feel about it? I, you know, watching three in a row, it felt like The Wire. I was like, okay, if I think, yeah. I think if I watch them all together like this, I'm more into it. Because I watched the first episode, and I was like, eh. And then uh, watching like three hours of it, I got more. I'm like, all right, yeah, now I'm, I get it. Did R.L. Stein ever make a TV show? Did they ever make a TV show? Goosebumps? Yeah, that Goosebumps, happened. Yeah. I like that too. R.L. <laughs> Stein. <laughs> Rob. Um, well, I have a DVR backlog right now of this season's of Boardwalk Empire and Walking Dead, which I'm really excited about. And I just, you know, finished Louie, and I, that's like what, some of the best TV ever made. But right now, the only thing I'm watching, my wife and I, you know, we finally get the kids to bed. My wife hates horror, uh, but we watched uh, American Horror Story, and Jubal and I were talking about this before. We're, we're in deep. Uh, I love that show. <laughs> And, but she gets terrified. Terrified. She thinks it's real. And, we, uh, and then we have, to, we have to finish with a balm of happy endings. So I watch American Horror Story and then happy endings. I kind of, like, we know all the guys on happy endings. I just started watching it. I love it. It's really funny. I love it in that there's n- no premise whatsoever. And just enough heart to get it on network TV, but really it's just jokes. And that's what I really like. Like It's as close to the kind of shows we do as you can get on on network TV. Oh, you know what? There's one thing I did want to mention, too, uh, just because you talk about scary shows. Scare Tactics is the best show on television. It's the best. It's amazing. You think I'm lying. It's not. Tracy Morgan hosted. This is why it's so good. And my pitch for it is this. They put people in the most <laughs> fucked up situations. Yes. And then you see how people react. Like, people are dying in front of people. And you see their yeah. mind go crazy. Like, it's a bad. guy was like, shoot him. Shoot him. Don't shoot me. Like, he's selling out the guy that he's working with. It's like, you're never going to see that. That's like bait car. I want to see. Like, it's like, because it is. It's like, they have this guy, like, you have to sing. You're singing Telegram, and someone's coming back from the dead. And this guy's, like, rising from the grave, and like, Please do your singing. He's like crying. He's like, oh, for he's a jolly good fellow. And he's freaking out. It's the best show. It's hilarious, and it's the most real responses you'll ever see to anything. Have you guys seen Shoot Face? It's a reality show. People just shoot each other in the face. They just walk up to somebody and just shoot them right in the jaw. It's really good. (laughs) That's on Home and Garden, right? (laughs) Please give a round of applause to my panelists. Rob Cordry, Paul Shear, John Stern, Curtis Quinn, David Wayne, Ken Marino, Erica Oyama, 
and Rob Hubel. Thanks to everyone here at Nerdist Industries and Meltdown Comics and 826LA. I think we have five, six more questions and let's wrap it up, guys. Now leaving Nerdist.com.